0: Hello everyone and welcome to another thursday morning wrestling conversation right here on rest happy thursday to you all as i take a deep dive into all things wwe and AEW. i am your host and humble guide Keila cash good to be back here once again as we are getting ready for money in the bank going down live from the o2 arena in london england in a couple of days time on peacock i'm looking forward to that show going down at three o'clock p.m eastern 12 pacific a little better for us on the east coast and a lot better for the west coast as that There who are up at high noon to check out this very special PLE overseas should be a great show. But I really wanted to dive into what we have seen on our screens over the last few days across WWE and AEW programming, and I want to dive briefly into Monday Night Raw this past Monday from the beautiful city of Savannah, Georgia. I'm biased, my home state, but it was a hot crowd. Mostly, they were into most of the show, and it was a sewed out house which I love to see for wrestling it means that it's hot the fans are buying tickets at a rapid clip the enthusiasm in the arenas are pretty heated which I love to see and I just love that fans are engaged That they're not sitting on their hands mostly, that they're into the show, and it's good heat, it's good pops, and for that as a viewer watching and reviewing from home, it makes a viewing experience that much easier to enjoy. And it makes that ten o'clock PM low period during Monday nights easier to endure as well. But the Savannah crowd was into the show most of the way, and it was an all right show. It was an all right go home show for money in the bank. Nothing that stood out to me, particularly besides Gunther versus Sami Zayn. They all always Work well together. Monday was no exception. Of course, you had some chicanery courtesy of Giovanni Vinci causing trouble, which allowed Gunther to hit the power bomb for the one, two, three on one half of the WWE Undisputed Tag Team Champions. Pharaoh Cody Rhodes' dog made his world debut on Monday Night Raw, which was absolutely adorable. Kathy Kelly waving goodbye to Pharaoh off camera was the cutest thing. I just loved it so much, and it really built up Cody Rhodes versus Damian priest in the main event spot this is a very low-key main event I did not know what the main event of Monday Night Raw was because honestly I thought it was Carmelo Hayes the NXT champion versus Finn Balor and they came out a little before 10 o'clock I'm like okay I guessed wrong and speaking of Melo big spotlight for him on the flagship show, he showed out in a big way. His flashy offense woke up the crowd. They got into what he was doing, and then he lost via the John Woo drop kick into the coup de grace in the corner by Finn Balor. And I thought to myself, why? Because he has to defend his title the next night against Baron Corbin for part two of NXT Gold Rush. But. The good news is Mello got that shine on the main roster. It's a test run for what will be when he gets called up officially. And I do love that for him. And it could open a door to attack team match involving Rollins and Mello versus Corbin and Balor. And if they're going to run a match back, for the great american bash it could be finn balor coming back home versus Mello for the nxt championship to really cement Mello as that guy that can get a win over one of the most prolific nxt champions of all time and finn balor so i'm here for the cross promotion it's helped nxt so much in the last month or so nxt which was struggling this time last year. It was like maybe a top 30 show. It was hovering around the 40 marks in terms of rankings. But in the last month or so, it's gone from top 10, top five, to a top two show on cable on Tuesday nights. And that is damn good for NXT. That is fantastic news for USA. That might be reevaluating, hey, NXT, hmm, Tuesday night, bread winner, especially during the summer. The summer competition is so light right now that NXT could very well be the number one show on cable by the end of July. It's neck and neck with love and hip-hop on VH1. And who would have thunk that a year ago? The growth, it's getting a bit younger. And I love that for NXT and the cross-promotion between the main roster and And the third brand has worked out beautifully in the last month or so. Seth Rollins showed up for gold rush part one and he boosted that number last week to really heights we haven't seen in the last year or so. And the numbers fell a bit, but it was still the number two show on cable and that never happens for NXT and it's television negotiation contract season And to be sitting pretty as the number two show on cable to lift up the USA Network average is going to make USA think, hmm, we need to lock this show down to an extended contract, pay up a little bit more money, because after the NBA playoffs, it's easy breezy. There was no competition hardly on Tuesdays. The news channels is nothing spicy right now. It's up for grabs. in NXT could conceivably be the number one wrestling show on Tuesday nights very very soon and that is a hell of a turnaround from a show that went through some growing pains with 2.0 back to OG NXT under a different color and tent and I'm happy I'm very happy that the fans have stuck with it through the highs and lows it's in a good place right now it's still a herky-jerky show most weeks but you do see that there is a core group of stars that are going to possibly be breakthrough performers on the main roster someday because there is someone competent at the top and Paul Levesque and yes Vince is interfering a bit more on the show sometimes for better and a lot of the times for worse, especially on SmackDown when matches straight up got canceled that were advertised a week in advance choices, but hopefully there is going to be some stability at the top in terms of NXT call-ups that can bring value to the main roster when the time calls for it. So I'm confident, cautiously, that there is going to be some semblance of calm and common sense When it comes to booking NXT stars who make that transition from the Performance Center to ultimately the main roster working city to city on a weekly basis, moving forward. And speaking of NXT, let's talk about Gold Rush. Ever so briefly going down this past Tuesday for the Performance Center. And the highlight for me was Carmelo Hayes versus Baron Corbin for the NXT Championship. Baron Corbin, I have to say, has found new life on this show He's been a great promo, he carries himself like an absolute star, and he brought back the lone wolf. The gear, the music, the persona was on point, and this is the best version I've seen of Baron Corbin and God knows how long really strong match against Melo he was working over the back throughout delivered a spine buster directly on the announce table hit deep six for a very close in fall as well Mello fights back with his patented springboards lands a leg drop followed by the nothing but net guillotine leg drop for the victory to retain the NXT championship and it was a really fun match and Baron Corbin reminded everybody that he's got something i've always said that about him when he's locked in he has a great personality outside of wwe and i'm glad i'm seeing elements of that via nxt the confidence the badassery the level of cool he possesses as a star that could make a difference on the main roster again no frills no happy corbin just be the lone wolf wearing gear that personifies who he is as a star and i think that he has benefited greatly from his return to nxt over the last few weeks and i hope that the main roster treats him kindly because he definitely elevated Mello and himself at the exact same time. Nothing else really notable happened on NXT from this past Tuesday. solid championship matches, but it was just a show that held its own for two hours and 15 minutes as we segue to... A W Dynamite going down live from Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. And this was a solid follow-up to Forbidden Dora going down this past Sunday from the Scotiabank Arena in Toronto, Canada. One of the best matches of the year involving Will Ospreay and Kenny Omega for the IWGP United States Championship which Ospreay got back in an epic all-time battle that had the crowd on their feet by the time it was done it was an epic battle that should be ran back one more time for the trifecta Brian Danielson got his dream match finally against Kazuchika Okada but he broke his forearm midway through this match worked on that arm for 10 more minutes and Bree, his wife posted the break on social media it was worse than they thought he's gonna be out for a minute y'all and it absolutely sucks but he is a fighter he guts it out no matter what and I respect the hell out of him for that not a big fan of the seizure spot midway through that match because like dude You've had seizures in real life that had us scared to death regarding concussions in this industry. You don't play those games, but a very strong main event to wrap up Forbidden Door this past Sunday on pay-per-view. A highlight from last night's Dynamite was Jon Moxley versus Tomohiro Ishii, And this was a hell of a way to kick off the show. The best match of the night, in my opinion, as we had chops galore, slaps, knee strikes. We had kickouts at one we had suplexes by she to Moxley. We had Kingston at ringside, staring a hole through Claudio Casanova, who he hates to prevent him interfering in this match, and Moxley and she was trading clotheslines, headbutts, slaps, mox lands a paradigm shift and the Shee kicks out. Shee lands a clothesline and knee strike and Mox kicks out. Mox lands the curb stomp and ultimately the death rider to pick up the victory. This was an absolutely amazing match. I love Shee so much. He's one of my favorite performers ever in New Japan and Moxley was right there with him every step of the way and yes, of course, Moxley bled. If there is a show on Dynamite, collision or a pay-per-view or perhaps rampage mox is going to bleed and last night was no exception he is the new cody rhodes three things are guaranteed in life death taxes and somebody bleeding on dynamite and mox has fit the pill perfectly but there is still that tension with kingston and moxley who are still brothers in a lot of ways besties but kingston hates claudio he hates his Guts, And we had Renee Paquette, who happens to be Moxley's wife, trying to run interference and telling Eddie to fix this shit ASAP. So I don't know what's going to happen, but I love it because it goes back to last year regarding a particular event, which I'll get to right now, because it was the Elite, Hangman Adam Page, and the Young Bucks versus Dark Orders, John Silver, Alex Reynolds, and Eva Uno. And the Dark Order are very miffed and upset that... Hangman Page abandoned them and went back to the cool kids, the elite. And John Silver is probably the one that feels closest to Hangman. And he had some compelling near falls against Page until the Young Bucks intervened, hit the BTE trigger, followed by Hangman landing the Buckshot Lariat on John Silver for the win. And he immediately apologized and tried to be there for his friend. And then we had the Blackpool Combat Club come out there and attack the elite And the Dark Order simply said, you know what? You abandon us, Hangman Page. We're gonna abandon you. We had Moxley grab the screwdriver and open up Hangman Page, and he was bleeding everywhere from the forehead. And he was looking at his friends, and his friends backed away, saying, "Hey, you left us. We're leaving you. What about it?" And then we just had the beatdown continue. Tateshka was out there alongside that bastard Don Callis. It was a overwhelming beatdown. Kingston tried to make the save as well as Novell, and John Moxley has declared that this. Battle this feud that has gone from show to show must end via blood and guts at the TD Garden in Boston, Massachusetts on Wednesday, July 19th. And I expect this to be one of the greatest matches in AEW Dynamite history. The talent level is going to be extraordinary and we'll see how it goes with the story that I mentioned earlier that last year, Claudio took the win from Eddie Kingston. He wanted to be Chris Jericho on Blood and Guts, and he didn't get that W. And I felt like AEW for a while dropped that ball, but they circled back and they said bet. And here we are. And I absolutely love the acknowledgement that we have not forgotten what happened a year ago, that Kingston still feels some kind of way about Claudio taking his moment away from him and how it could build up to a ring of honor championship match later this summer, which I'm here for. So the connective tissue is there. Blood and guts is going to be an event in a few weeks time and I am game for it. So I feel bad for the dark Order who've been miffed and kind of rebuffed by hangman page. I loved their friendship over the last couple of years and I hope they can work things out, but It's very broody and moody right now, and it's hurting my heart, but it's a good story. At the end of the day, as we get to Jungle Boy, finally turning heel, alphabet and door, betraying Hook, and I thought that Jungle Boy did a solid job on the mic, got good heel heat. He's borrowing from the Christian Cage aesthetic, the beige, the black fit, which I love, but the thing that stands out to me is the fact that, as I predicted, he wore a leather jacket like his dad, the late, great Luke Perry. And when you put on the leather jacket, you are a heel. You are in that 90210 fantasy, and I am loving it. And Jungaboy had his moments on the mic. He got great heat. I think you will find his voice as a heel. He's got the look down, He's going to grow on the mic. And that would be the next step. He said, you don't get to listen to my music anymore. You flipped on me. I'm flipping on you. Called out Hook for being an illegitimate champion in AEW. But he wants to belt nonetheless. Calls out Taz. Then Hook comes out to chase down Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Jack is going to hop inside an SUV and <laughs> drive away from the scene as Hook steams in the arena. And I'm looking forward to Hook versus Jungle Boy Jack Perry. Save it for maybe Wembley if they can, or just run it on TV and see how it goes, because this will be probably Hook's biggest test to date, a long a match, that tricks and gimmickry. Jungle Boy is an exceptional wrestler, but it's his time now to be a heel it's been teased for weeks the fans have been clamoring for it and their wishes finally come true it's up to jungle boy to truly become the heel he's meant to be that will prime him for a more meaningful babyface run in the future and he has lots of charisma i truly believe that and this heel turn will do him a world of good to firmly establish jack perry as a guy that has next in every way so this heel turn hopefully will work wonders for him as he with hook and hook i have to say this will be a big test for him as well as jungle boy will basically be the vet guiding him through this feud if he can hang with jungle boy the future is very bright for hook who carries himself like an absolute badass and star as we get to my new favorite odd pair tag team in the world it's mjf and adam cole it is the blind eliminator tournament for the AEW world tag team titles and I'm here for the mess. And MGF wants to bond with Adam Cole. He agrees. So I need footage of this bonding session <laughs> on social media imminently because I don't know what to do with the fact that these guys are going to team up together and try to coexist. I don't trust MGF. We'll see about it. But it should be compelling as we get this tournament underway starting on Dynamite next Wednesday Wednesday on TBS. As we now get to the main event of Dynamite, it was Chris Jericho, the Painmaker, and the Spanish God, Sammy Guevara versus Darby Allin and Sting. And the story of this match is Sting is crazy as hell. I believe Sting is 64 years old and he climbed a ladder and he delivered a splash over the ropes to and Guevara through one of the tables. And the landing was absolutely horrible. It was a bad bump. Sting busted his lip, he might have broke a tooth, and he was out for a while, and Sammy Guevara was doing the most selling on the outside, he was not back in this match at all, it was Darby Allen delivering a skateboard shot to the back of Chris Jericho, then he gets hit with the Judas effect, and he's out of the ring selling, and at one point we have Sting back in the ring, against Jericho. Jericho is going to put the walls of Jericho on Sting. Sting grabs her baseball bat to hit Jericho to break the hold because he can't grab the ropes to break the hold. There's no DQs and then we have both legends kicking out of their finishers. Jericho lands a cold break on Sting. Sting kicks out, Sting lands, the Scorpion Death Drop, Jericho kicks out, and then Sting locks in, the Scorpion Death Lock, and Jericho taps out, and there is a slight overrun. Sting and Darby Allin win this match, and they stand tall to wrap up Dynamite a little after the top of the hour, and Sammy Guevara just laid there at the outside, rightfully so, because that was a nasty table bump, but I am presuming that the sex gods are breaking up very soon, and I'm going to be happy for Sammy Guevara to break free from the JAS and move on with his career and be a babyface. I think the fans are ready to cheer for him. He had moments last night against Darby Allin. So I predict that Guevara will be on the babyface track imminently. And that is a very good thing for him. Who can find himself as a big time star in AEW once again, very, very soon. But solid show. I just hope that we preserve Sting's body because between Forbidden Door and Dynamite last night, he went through it and he should just hit his go-home spots, the legendary spots that we know him for because he takes so many high risks for his age and sometimes one's luck runs out and I don't want that for Sting. I got chills nearly three years ago when Sting showed up in Jacksonville for Winter is Coming on a fateful Wednesday night in December and he stared down Darby Allen, and I was like, this is is the moment I've been waiting for and I was just hyped and their partnership has been so beautiful to watch over the last couple of years and Sting has balled out in the ring on TV on pay-per-view but at some point he has to stop pushing and just rely on the greatest hits it's okay he's a legend he's a hall of famer He's that dude for a reason. I love Sting so much. I don't want him to hurt himself. In the last few shows, it's been very iffy. So hopefully he's all right after Wednesday's show, busted lip, lost a tooth possibly, but yeah, it's time to wind down this farewell tour because he's going to put his body through the absolute most and I don't want that for him because he is a legend and every bright and I want him to live out his golden years in a very healthy way. So let's minimize the stunts and let this guy ride off into the sunset because he is Sting for a reason but fun main event to wrap up dynamite on tbs as we get ready for blood and guts on july 19th live from the td garden in boston massachusetts we'll see how many tickets they move with this announcement being made official for blood and guts three which should be an absolute spectacle on dynamite in a few weeks time and before i go i want to talk about smackdown which is being taped Tomorrow from the O2 Arena in London, England sold out, I do believe. And we got two major championship matches involving... Charlotte Flair versus Asuka for the Women's Championship. Then we have Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, the undisputed WWE Tag Team Champions defending their titles against Pretty Deadly. Kit Wilson and Elton Prince should be a lot of fun at the O2 Arena in London, England. One night before Money in the Bank going down in the very same building at 3 o'clock PM Eastern, 12 Pacific, only on Peacock. And I want to dive into the card right now for Saturday's PLE. The matches are... Gunther versus Matt Riddle for the WWE Intercontinental Championship. Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler versus Liv Morgan and Raquel Rodriguez for the WWE Women's Tag Team Championship. We've got Cody Rose versus Dominic Mysterio. We have the women's Money in the Bank ladder match involving Zelina Vega, Becky Lynch, Zoe Stark, Bayley Sky, and Shostratus. We have the men's Money in the Bank ladder match involving Ricochet, Shinsuke Nakamura, LA Knight, Santos Escobar, Butch, Damian Priest, and Logan Paul as a seventh man, then we have... The Bloodline Civil War involving Roman Reigns, the Undisputed WWE Universal Champion and Solo Sokoa versus the Usos. And we have Seth freaking Rollins versus Finn Balor for the World Heavyweight Championship. A stacked lineup. Should be a very fun show this Saturday as we get ready for the 4th of July weekend, which is going to be long. and A lot of fun with the WWE setting the tone overseas and back home just in time for Monday Night Raw. And I am looking forward to all of the surprises to come as we are into a very busy summer season for both WWE and AEW. More shows on tap for Ring of Honor as well. So it's great to be a wrestling fan. It's great to delve into different promotions from New Japan, WWE, AEW, Stardom, which is just fantastic in every way. If you want to just lock in on professional wrestling, find a show, find a promotion, and you are good to go. So let's enjoy it. Let's revel in the goodness that we're blessed to see every single week on our TVs and various streaming services. And just think, this time last year, we were in transition, especially in WWE with Vince stepping down, but he's still back in the shadows during the most but AEW going through some things as well but they're stabilizing a bit after a so-so spring and CM Punk we'll see what dividends he pays across Canada because he got booed in Toronto over the past couple of days we'll see how he fares in other cities in and provinces in Canada but when you leave that Chicago bubble it's a different ball game and we'll see if he will be able to maintain that babyface heat outside the north in the weeks to come and with that that is a wrap for the Thursday morning wrestling conversation right here on WST. I hope you enjoyed it as we get ready for Money in the Bank in two days' time from the O2 Arena in London, England. We're going to hop on here and do a quick show recapping all things WWE and AEW. I'll be back for sure Monday for all of my G.H. and Sabrina lovers out there for episode number 30 of the Sabrina Sessions. 30 weeks of the sessions. I'm so grateful and thankful and hopefully I'll be back on here sometime next week with another deep dive into all things professional wrestling for your listening pleasure. Until then, Enjoy your Thursday, your Friday, your Saturday, your Sunday, and your Manic Monday. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.